What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. My name is Jet, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you doing today? <sighs> Tired. We're recording this late because I had a very busy day. I went to the zoo with my family out in North Carolina. It's about a two and a half hour drive, and then come back home. Wanted to record earlier, but apparently Jet... Of course, didn't have his notes completely set and ready. He always loves to uh, wait last second to set his notes up. So I was like, you know what? While he's doing that, let me go and play some basketball because obviously I'm in the basketball mood based off of last night. But Jed, I mean, how are you doing? Did you get all your notes done? Oh, yeah. All my notes are done. All my notes are done. And I'm in a very basketball mood as well after uh, my not my Bucks, but the Milwaukee Bucks. Ended up closing out this series in six games, like I did predict. Uh, uh, I'm not. I did predict they were going to win in six games, but a while back they were also my bold prediction to be in the finals. And um, yeah, I'm just. I'm very happy uh, they were able to win the the last four games in this series, and it's very well deserved. Yes, it, I mean when I I watched the game fully. Some of the other finals games I wasn't able to watch because I had to go to bed earlier for my other job. But this one, because I had my shift off today, I watched it completely. And my, that was a all time great performance by Giannis. I'm not saying it was, I, I wouldn't say that's probably top five at all, but that was, I mean, 50 points and he could not get stopped, be stopped. And what was more impressive is the fact that of his free throw shooting, I, no one expected him to only miss two free throws out of what, 16 shots or 17 shots? I think it was 17 for 19 from the line. Yeah. Insane. Uh, that's that's the thing that the, I mean, the Suns did what you should have done is just foul him and prevent him from getting those buckets, but he was just sinking those free throws. You you can't anticipate that to happen. If he even made, if he made 50% or 60% of what he, what he's, usually does. I think the Suns probably would have come out on top of that game, but he was very clutch in hitting those free throws and it's well-deserved because I did predict the Suns to win the championship, but I'm very happy to see the Bucks and Giannis win it because what really showed was the team that was more battle-tested. We've seen over the past few years with Miami last year and then Toronto the year before of them falling short and not being able to get past these teams because of the game plan they've set up and which and that iron sharpens iron it it was obvious to see that this was the sun the suns just came out of nowhere i mean they weren't fully battle tested like the bucks have been in the past few years and obviously it showed up in the finals hundred percent. And I mean, you did mention this on a previous episode that the Suns were your pick to be this year's heat, which turned out to be correct. Cause I mean, they definitely had as little experience just as the heat did. And unfortunately it is sad that Chris Paul didn't get a chance to win around. Cause I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be back in the finals as good as he is. I don't, I don't know. Even, even if he's not on the Suns, I just don't think he's going to get back, but back to Giannis, He's overcame so much adversity, not only with all the the, uh, the games in the in past years, but he 
we thought it was going to be done in the playoffs after he suffered that gruesome injury against the Hawks. And we thought the Bucks were finished, but he was able to come back from that. He came back even stronger. And now all the, all that weight is lifted off the shoulder of if he can win a title. Cause he's definitely proved that he, well, he's a champion now and maybe there's more to come. Maybe there's not, but Giannis is definitely, definitely um, got another accolade added to his resume and we'll see what happens going forward. I definitely think that there has been a few people in the media that have w- way, way overreacted to, to, uh, Gian- to Giannis. I think it is his league now. I absolutely do. I don't, I think he is now, this is Giannis's league. I think he took the, he's now took the crown for from LeBron and you can see LeBron gave him credit he tweeted out and gave Giannis credit for taking over and i think this is Giannis's league now but i mean some people are like like he is like an all-time great now just from winning this one championship like uh, it's just pump the brakes okay i've heard a lot of tim duncan comparisons exactly. a lot of other uh hall of fame players he's not he's not there yet he's definitely could be there at he's uh, on the path his career he's on the path too but But we need to it's great that he won this he deserves it more than maybe anyone else in the finals compared maybe next to chris paul that's up for debate but pump the brakes all right what i did enjoy seeing is this once they won and stuff like that he almost had this mentality it seemed like of okay now next what's next like he did. It didn't. I know he uh, he let out emotions here and there and stuff like that. But it wasn't like he was completely caught in the moment and like he reached his complete and utter goal. I mean, obviously that that's the massive goal of becoming an NBA champion. But he's more like, yeah. okay, let's get on to the next championship here. He he's like on to the next thing, which is very MJ esque. Very Kobe-esque. Like they were like, or most famously, Tom Brady. I mean, the famous question with Tom Brady is, what's your favorite ring? Well, it's the next ring. That's almost, when I saw him in the celebrations, that's the persona I was getting from him, which is, I loved seeing that. Exactly. I, I loved seeing that too. And one thing that, you know, Giannis won this title with the team that drafted him. We, a lot of a lot of times now these days, we see teams winning that are built with super teams, players coming from other teams. But this is a very different case and a case that is very good for the NBA and good for basketball because we, we like to see like someone like Giannis and t- uh, players like Chris Middleton who have been on this team and put the work in each and every day and they finally get what they set out to do. And I think that's something that really really is definitely a job well done by the Bucks team. Yeah, so Jet, before we get to the question of the day, what are some of the uh, Instagram responses that we have had over this past week? As everyone knows, if you listen to our last week's episode, we had my friend Austin on and we had a little fantasy mock draft and some of the questions that I asked pertained to um, to that mock draft. So the first question I asked, before we even had the mock draft take place, who was going to win the uh, mock draft, me, Eric, or Austin, I did get the most votes, probably because I do have a lot of my uh, friends and family on this on this page. But um, Eric Eric, ha- Eric was hanging in there. He had seven votes to my 12, which well, Austin had zero. 
Wait, so, uh, wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. Repeat that Instagram poll or question again. Yeah, so it was 12 to 7 in, in my favor of who was going to have the best mock oh, draft before oh, the okay. draft had taken Okay, place. okay. Yes, I thought you yes. meant after the draft, and I was yes. like, wait a second. So you want to get onto that? That. Yeah, so then the, the next question I asked after the draft had taken place, who had the best team? Um, I sort of still disagree with the the uh, the outcome of that, but it was who had the best team. It was it was Eric. He picked from the number one slot. He started out with McCaffrey, built a pretty good team. Uh, I think we all had great teams, but Eric did come out on top according to Fantasy Pros, and the people out there agreed with him. With him accumulating the majority of the votes, me coming in second. Uh, I mean, look at the new kid on the block just coming out of nowhere. I loved seeing that post of uh, that celebratory me in uh, my face on Max Verstappen's body after he wins a Grand, a wins a Grand Prix. Uh, it just felt great that I was the people's champ and the uh, uh, fantasy pro champ also. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, honestly, Austin got no votes. So I, I thought he had a great team as well. Yes. But it's just what the people thought out there. I mean, you had Russell Wilson, McCaffrey, Carson, Jefferson, Cooper, Kittle, Jacobs. That's a, a great team. And it was a it was a well-deserved uh, win for you, according to Fantasy Birds. Oh, yeah. In which, guys, we're also having our first annual It's Game Time Fantasy League in which some of the guests that we've already had have had on are in it. And then also some of the guests that we're hope, hopefully having on in the future are going to be in it. It's a 10-person league. Uh, Jet, do you have any idea of when the draft is going to be? Yeah, so I'm thinking um, sometime around end of August when um, you know we're all back in school. I th- I'm thinking of having like a nice live, well, not live, but like everyone's gathered together to draft online. And um, by the way, I was getting a lot of comments or DMs on Instagram about people saying, "Oh, how come I wasn't invited into the league?" or this and that. Don't worry, there there may be a potential opportunity in the future to join another league. Possibly, we could do another a little mini league where you could get a chance to move bump, bumped up into the big league. So if that, if that <laughs> idea comes into fruition, um, it's, it's called a relegation, a relegation league for, it's kind of like what they do in soccer where yeah. they knock down the, the top team yep. into the, the, the mini league and then move up the one that wins. So maybe that'll be an idea going forward. So does that actually exist for fantasy? I didn't even know that existed. It does a lot of leagues do that where they have, like a 10 person league. That's the big league. And then a little league, like four teams. And then whoever wins that league gets knocked up into the big league and whoever finishes in last gets knocked down. So it could be a very good option going forward. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that would seem very interesting. I would, uh, I would, uh, keep it, keep it interesting because I, I don't want to get knocked into the yeah, uh, breaking news. That's the first time Eric heard that idea for me. So yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool to see and and stuff in which, now we're going to get on to the question of the day, in which we're going to go back to the Suns versus Bucks in the NBA Finals. And hey, the Bucks won. They won the four straight. I mean, it, it was almost like a sweep after the first two games. It was a sweep after the first two games. So now the question of the day is, are the Bucks the next dynasty in the NBA because obviously we're talking a lot about how it's Giannis's league now. So I mean since Giannis plays on the Bucks, are the Bucks the next team to beat? Are they the next dynasty for the next 4 to 5 years? So Jay, I want to hear your response to that question. 
Yeah, so it's a very firm no for me for this question. Don't get me wrong. Giannis and the Bucks are more than capable of winning again. I don't think I think it's going to be a very tough road to get back here, though. First of all, we have the Nets. The Nets are going to be fully healthy again next year. Kyrie, KD and Harden are pretty much unbeatable unless an injury like we saw happen this year. The Lakers are going to be getting stronger, healthier. Um, there's there's plenty of other teams out there that that are more super team esque that don't have what the Bucks have. And left unless the Bucs can sort of add another big piece, which I don't think they're going to do. I don't think they're going to create this dynasty like we've seen with the Warriors or we've seen with the Heat in a, to a certain extent. But I, I, I do before Giannis does finish his career, he is going to have at least one or two more rings, but it's just not going to be a dynasty. I, I have to agree with that. I don't think that it's going to be a dynasty. I think we will look back on this and it will be a very similar comparison to what happened to the Mavericks back in 2011 in which they just showed up and they won it. And I don't really know what happened after the Mavericks. I just, again, I was young. I was only 11 then. So I was just starting to get into the NBA. Um, it, it's a great win for the team and for the city of Milwaukee. I just don't know if they'll be able to re remain this dominant for the following four to five years. I mean, that's that's how you're considered a dynasty. If you can make this last four to five years, like the most recent one, the Warriors, the East, honestly, it's not that good. The Celtics are no longer a contender. Right now, the Heat don't have the pieces to compete, I would say. I mean, depending on what happens with Damian Lillard, the, the Heat could get right back into the contender. And the Sixers are about to uh, break up the duo that they have with Ben Simmons and Embiid. So if it's just Embiid, you can't compete with the Bucks, obviously. Um, you still have to, like you said, you still have to compete with the Nets, in which I think they will be more healthy next year. Obviously, the time period in between, the, the break in between 20, the 2020 season, the 2021 season was shortened. So now this is in, back to a normal offseason. I think that the early prediction, the Nets are going to be the number one seed in the East and the Bucks will be the two seed. I also You also have to take in consideration the Hawks. I mean, they shocked everyone in the playoffs. And I mean, Trey Young is a rising superstar, it seems like, in which they could easily be some content, a contender to represent the East next year. I mean, they were very close. They, they were very, very close to going to the finals in which it would have been like a heat versus heat scenario once again, <laughs> in which they just, two teams just come out of nowhere and you're like, what the heck happened? So, and you got to remember before Trey Young got hurt, the Hawks had the Bucks on the ropes. If you could, there's a good argument that if Trey Young didn't get hurt, the Hawks were going to go to the NBA Finals. Uh, so those are two teams just right there that very well could kill the Bucks' hopes of becoming a dynasty before it even gets started. And it, the same thing that happened to the Mavs will probably happen to the Bucks. Yeah, I, I like I said, I 100% agree. Um, but I do think we just can't a lot of a lot of people in the media, they're discrediting 
what the Bucs did this year just because of all the injuries that teams like the Nets, Lakers, and Clippers face. So I think we, we have to, like, this this wasn't an asterisk uh, no. finals at all. This was legit. The Bucs deserved it. They won. And we move on to next year. But, they, I mean, it's just not it's just not going to be a dynasty in this case due to some of the other obstacles that they're going to face. But I do think Giannis will get another ring or two before his career is over. Yeah, you can't make that argument because guess what? Injuries always are always playing a role. I mean, skip over 2020, go to 2019 when the Raptors won. They played the Warriors without KD and Klay Thompson. I mean, that's a... that If anything, the Raptors championship deserves an asterisk over the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks had their own injuries. Giannis get was hurt. You can honestly make a, a case for every NBA Finals having some sort of asterisk because there's always going to be some sort of injury throughout the course of a playoffs, course of a finals. And I think I I personally believe even even though I'm a little biased that the Heat were in the finals, I don't think the bubble finals deserve as an asterisk. But that that's a whole other argument. But yeah. Um, that's all I got about the box. If there's anything else you wanted to add about that. No, we can move on to the next topic in which the M the MLB trade deadline is upon us. It's the following uh, Sunday, the 30th Sunday, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. Saturday, 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 or something like that. Anyways, it's next week. All right. It's next week. So me and Jet wanted to talk about a few players that we think could potentially be traded at the trade deadline. And we're going to talk about some obvious players that have been rumors have been going around in the rumor mill. But, uh, but Jet, who's your first player that you would like to uh, bring up? Yeah. So the first guy um, I'm going to bring up is Chris Bryant and he is most likely going to be traded. It doesn't seem like the Cubs are interested in extending him. And he's, he's no doubt had a great run in Chicago, but I think, and like all the reports out there saying his time is definitely up. And there's a lot of teams that can use a guy that can play multiple positions, not only in the outfield, but in the infield as well. So he's a very, he's probably the most valuable position player that's going to be on the market. Uh, this upcoming trade down line, a lot of teams like the Mets or even the giants can use him, use one of those, those solid bats in the middle of the order that can propel them to the next level uh, to compete as contenders. I mean, it's definitely going to take a lot to trade for someone like Chris Bryant. It has to be a team that has a good amount of prospects to be that are they're willing to give up. But Chris Bryant's definitely on the move, and he will be on a new team come August first. So wow, you have any predictions of what team he'll be ending up at? I think a I think a perfect fit for him would be the Giants. You think the I, I, they have they have a good amount of prospects to trade trade away, and they need that solid, like um, the solid bat in the middle. Where their outfield has been lackluster this year, although they have some great production in the infield, they need another big bat to contend with, like the Dodgers and the Padres. I, I think. mean, sh- shit, they don't seem to need it right now. They're perfectly competing with them, it, but the playoffs are a completely different scenario. I I think Chris Bryant's going to be traded. It would be very, it would be great for the MLB if he was traded to the Mets because you got Pete Alonzo, you got Lindor, and then you got Bryant too. I mean, that, that would make the Mets like, wow, like they're, they're really going for it. Like they're not the old Mets. Like who's the owner now? Cohen? Yeah, Steve Cohen. He's, Cohen. he's the type of guy that's willing to make that move. We've seen 
uh, owners with the Mets in the past, not being aggressive. And this, this could be the Mets. I mean, it's going to be tough to compete with the Dodgers and Padres and giants, but this could be the Mets chance if they want to make a spark before playoff time. Yeah. And which uh, another a player I want to talk about very versatile also is Cattell Marte. Now it's been said Cattell Marte is not on the trading trading block by the D backs, but Hey, guess what? You can get anything for the right price. All right. It would be absurd. I think it was just a, 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 a fake thing that the D backs said just to drive up the price. I think they're very willing to trade him. They're, they're not competing they're not competing for the next three years. Why are you keeping him? All right. When you could get very valuable assets out of him. Okay. Very valuable in which you, in which you, you got to do it. You have to trade. And so what makes him very special is he's a switch hitting outfielder slash infielder. He plays second base and he can play center field, which is very like, there's not a lot of great center fielders. I mean, that's the thing. Or second baseman. Those are probably the two rarest positions. And then maybe catcher. I mean, second base and center field, very short list combined. His versatility is what makes him so special in that he's only also 27 years old and he doesn't become a free agent until 2025. So, I mean, he, and he's on a very team friendly contract. So I'm, I think he is the most prized a prized asset on the trade block come this deadline. Uh, what do you, why do you think, I mean, sorry, what do you think about him being untradeable? I think that's a little, a little ridiculous. Just like you said, with the position that Diamondbacks are in right now, I mean, three, four years down the line, you know, Cattell Marte is going to be three, four years older. So, I mean, you got, if you're, if you're able to get a big haul for him now, why not capitalize on that? Cause it's going to be a while before the Diamondbacks are competing and they, they should really focus on rebuilding their farm system because that that's, that should be a prime focus. As good as Cattell Marte is, it's just not, it's just not a situation where you want to want to keep him, especially with what you can get for him. Yeah. It's just, he, especially this year, he's had a little bit of an injury history. And if that continues, that's going to diminish his trade value. And if you don't want to trade him, it, the value of his trade is going down and it's so you're not going to just load up on young talent right now. All right. You're not competing. All right. You are in a rebuild. Treat it like a real rebuild. All right. Just trade your good assets away to get better future assets. Okay. I want to ask you this. What team do you see him being traded to? I mean, it's probably unlikely that he ends up being traded, although we both think that he should. But I mean, I think a good fit for him would be the White Sox, honestly. Exactly. Uh, they just lost. They lost Nick Madrigal. He's out for the season. Like you said, Marte has versatility. He could play center. He could play second base. And I think that that would be great for the White Sox. They need another strong uh, bat that can have a lot of versatility, especially with some of the injuries they faced. I think that's a perfect fit. Exactly. That's exactly what I said, the White Sox. And now you got to trade a good amount again. You you got to pay the ante in which, I mean, maybe the mainstay name from the White Sox side could be Luis Roberts. I mean... I don't think they would do that, though. I don't... I, I think they would have to. I don't... I mean, 
it that way you, you it would probably be less players traded and which I mean he's injured right now is he the one with the pectoral injury I believe I believe that's Aloy Jimenez or it could be Robert I'm not sure one of, uh, they both are injured yeah. But, yeah so you don't know how they're going to come back injured especially with the pectoral tear yeah I that seems I mean especially with baseball that no matter what side it's on, if it's on your throwing arm or if or batting or batting side with your uh, left hand, that seems like a pretty gruesome injury. So, um, that would probably have you would have to ante up him to get Cattell Marte. But. They would, but I I have read uh, certain places that the White Sox don't really want to give up a lot of elite level talent and they've, they've made splash moves in the past, but I think they're going to try and focus on um, smaller name guys that can still be productive, but still make a difference in their lineup. Yeah. So who's your second guy? So my second guy is a pitcher, a guy that's kind of bounced back this past couple of years, Craig Kimbrell, who's been dominant. Another, another Cubs player. Um, the Cubs mm-hmm. are just going to go, go all out, all out, all out this trade deadline, I think, but the, all teams that are contending can use a guy to bolster up the back end of the bullpen. And Craig Kimbrell is going to be, he could save games for you. He can be an eighth inning guy while he would be preferable to use him in the ninth inning. He's going to be very important for some playoff team come playoff time. When you need to get those critical outs late in games, I think there's a few teams that can really use him. One team is the Astros. They, they need bullpen help really badly. And I'll get to it a little bit later, but if uh, Craig Kimbrell or some other elite reliever is added to this team, I, I expect big things from the Astros um, the rest of the season. Oof. I, I like that. Yeah, I definitely, that could definitely be possible. The next player I want to talk about is uh, probably the second most coveted player, Trevor Story. He seems like the most likely, the best and most likely trade candidate that is on the market right now. And it just makes sense again, for the Rockies to uh, trade him. It would be dumb of them to not. The thing about Story, though, is that he is going to be worth $18.5 million this coming this following season and then is a free agent. So uh, he's going to be a expensive one-year rental. So he's he's going to go to a contender. Uh, he's not going to go to a, play, a team in a playoff window. He's going to go to a team with a championship window open at the moment. Now a team that I see, I I think I I actually think this will happen, is that he gets traded to the Brewers. Yes, yes, yes. I I had that same thing written down. I did. I, I and guys, we 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 didn't talk about this at all. Uh, the I think it's going to happen that he gets traded to the Brewers, and if they got story, let me. They will uh, they will be very like. Watch it. Milwaukee may become the next Tampa Bay. You're, you're taking the, the words right out of my mouth. I was going to get to that a little bit later, but I'll just talk about it a little now. If he is able to make an impact, which he should on that lineup, which, which they need, they're like 26 in OPS right now. They have the dominant pitching staff, but they need another dominant bat. And Trevor story is that guy. And I'll just say it right now. If Trevor Story is added to this team, the Milwaukee Brewers will represent the National League in the World Series this year. I completely, I'm telling you, do not, don't be surprised. I mean, hey, Milwaukee may become the next Tampa Bay of championships. 
I'm telling you this. I mean, it's not that if they get story, watch out for the Brewers. I think we, I mean, obviously we, we both, we both agree with that. It's, I com- it's almost like it's bound to happen. It really is. Oh, yeah. I, that's the team. He just fits in there. It seems like. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, he's, there's, there's some dynamic bats, but none, none like, like uh, Trevor story. He's going to be able to provide home run pop. Uh, he's going to be able to slide in at shortstop. You can move Willie Adamas around the infield is very versatile. That was another great uh, sign uh, trade acquisition they made. But yeah, if the Brewers are able to pull off, which I think is going to happen to pull off the acquisition of Trevor story, the Dodgers, Padres and Giants have to watch out. Absolutely. So what's your final person on the trade block for you? So I, I know you want to talk about this guy too, but I just want to give my little, little, um, I don't know what you call it. A Spiel. Little, yeah. Yeah. About uh, Starling Marte, who was on my Miami Marlins. And before we talk about, you know, the trade market for him, I just want to just get this off my chest. A little. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little upset that the Marlins don't want to extend him. I mean, <laughs> it, so what happened was they offered him a three-year deal for 30 million. And then Marte countered with a three-year deal for 50 million. And then it just recently came out that the Marlins made another offer three years, 40 million right down the middle. Marte did say no, which I don't really understand. Honestly, Marte said that he wants to stay in Miami. He is getting up there in age. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, for an elite center fielder to be making a three year, $50 million. I think it's a little, a little absurd, but unfortunately it is looking like he is going to be traded and there's a lot of teams that can abuse him. But uh, you, you can want if you want to get into that a little bit. I'll kind of comment on what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, he would only he he's only a rental. He's uh, 32 years old, so that that's the thing that's like, uh, like do we do we really pay him after he's done after we're done with him? Uh, a team I could see trading for him, trading for him is the Giants. I think that would be a great candidate for Marte because. They need a center fielder. I mean, their starting center fielder right now on ESPN is Steven Duggar. Sorry, never heard of the guy until I looked that up. All right. Same as the uh <laughs> of the Jets backup QBs. Mike White. Number one. Yeah, Mike White or something like that. Never heard yeah. of Steve. Ste- Sorry, yeah. I never heard of Steven Steven Duggar. But um I don't know what they would have to give up for that. I mean, what would you like to see the Giants give? Would you want them to trade you like Alex Wood? Do you think you could get that back for them for uh, Starling Marte? Um, I don't really want Alex Wood. We don't need pitching. We need we need impact bats, either beginning their MLB careers or elite uh, prospects. We have so much pitching. We want to trade as much pitching as we can. I, I'm all for trading a guy like Pablo Lopez or one of our key guys that we can get an elite bat in return. So it definitely. So now, for the final topic that we're going to talk about, we're going to go into Jets power rankings. I think this is now the fourth fourth time of doing it. Fourth time. And I before I start my power rankings, I just want to give everyone a little a uh, little thing to stay tuned for as we get towards the middle to end of my power rankings as there's some breaking news that I'll get to regarding a specific team. And we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll have a little discussion on that shortly, but to start off of uh, the power rankings, my number one team 
up one spot for my power rankings are the San Francisco Giants, currently the best team in baseball right now with a 59 and 35 record. They have a plus 121 run differential, which is fourth in the MLB, and they're six and four in the last 10 games. Since my last power rankings, they have played a little bit above 500 ball, not, not what you would expect to see from an elite team like this. They're three and four against teams over 500. They're currently in the midst of a big four game series against the Dodgers right now. They won the first game, but then fortunately they blew the lead against the Dodgers where Will Smith hit a walk off three run home run over the past month. Brandon Crawford has continued his strong 2021 campaign hitting close to 400 with two home runs and 10 RBIs. And Anthony DiSclefani has continued to lead this rotation. Not a fluke 2.2 ERA in his past 32 innings pitched. Giants get my number one spot. However, it was close between my number one and number two teams. I mean, it sucks that right now they're on the final game of their series right now, in which whoever went, I, it's a big series right now. Uh, the Giants just keep winning and they ended up in first place through the first half of baseball is now for me, I think uh, I, I want to talk a little, still a little bit more about the trade deadline with the Giants specifically. I think that they need to go after a second baseman. And I think they should go after Frazier from the Pirates. I think that would be a great candidate for them to go after. I don't think it'd be overly expensive. And like I said before, Starling Marte for the uh, for center field. Either of those guys would be great impact bats, I think, and could really help them in the postseason. Uh, for You remember our last time of doing this, how I brought up baseball reference and their yes. odds. Uh-huh. I want to do a little bit of those questions again okay, with you, yeah. okay? Right, so here's the first question. What do you think the odds are of them winning the World Series right now? I would have to say it's, I don't know, north of 20, like 25%. I I don't even know. like wow. I'm even around that range at all. But is that... Right now... Uh, last time I checked, they're at 13.2%. Third, okay, so th- I, I third highest. That a little bit. Okay. Third highest, all right? We're reeling in the, we're reeling yeah. in the zone, okay? Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, now, I, now I have a baseline. For, exactly. For the other, yeah. Now, the second question is, what do you think baseball reference is predicting their record to be at the end of the season, their total record? Definitely probably under 100 wins. I would say between 90 and 95. I'll say 93. 99 and 63, which would be that what they're considering will be the best record in the MLB. I think that they will end up with the first overall seed in the playoffs and will become the favorites to win the World Series by playoff time. Yes. So, I mean, baseball reference is going along. What I think we both said is that there isn't going to be a team that finishes over 100 wins. It's just that kind of season where we're seeing a lot of parity. But yeah, the Giants are on their way to being the top team in baseball come the end of the season. Absolutely. So who comes in at the two spot? Yeah. So uh, the number two spot down one spot for my last power rankings, a division rival of the San Francisco Giants. We got the Los Angeles Dodgers who currently sit at 59 and 37 second in the NLS behind the Giants. They do have the top run differential in the MLB with a plus 151, and they are six and four in their last 10. They've been doing pretty well uh, since my last power rankings came out. They're 15 and six, three and one versus teams over 500. That team they played was the Giants. Justin Turner has been on fire this past month. Mookie Betts has kind of sort of 
grooved into a little rhythm, 15 hits in his past 15 days. However, Bellinger has still not figured out, figured it out. He's hitting 107 Oof. this past month. So hopefully he is able to turn around because they definitely need him. And Walker Bueller, our guy we've talked about on a bunch of uh, episodes, 2.35 ERA in his last 30 innings pitched. I did make a bold prediction on um, the last power rankings that he was going to be starting on his birthday and throw no hitter. We'll see if that happens. That's July 27th. Um, ah, so we'll, yes. we'll stay, stay tuned for that result. Uh, but I also have heard that my boy Max Muncy, he's uh, been performing pretty well too. One of the best hitters in the NL. I, I, God, I love Max. <laughs> Gosh. You, what, have you heard about the Max Muncy that was uh, drafted by the Oakland A's? Yes, I did. It was like, it wasn't it the same thing that happened with the uh, actual Max Max yes. Muncy. Yeah, they, they, they were born on the same day too. Yes, it, it, very odd. But very odd. The, I think the Dodgers are heating up. I think I'm just worried uh, whether or not it's a little too late for them to catch up with the Giants based off of, in order to take the, the division based off of what happened in the first half of baseball. Right now, they're about to finish a series with the Giants in which I think this this series right here could determine who wins the division. I absolutely think that whoever wins this series will win the division. The only position I think that they could go out and trade for would be bullpen help. Their infield is pretty much set, and the only question mark would have to be left field. But again, I think that's fine. Uh, so I think they what that they should and who they should go out and get is uh, Richard Rodriguez from the Pirates. I mean, he's he's uh, sporting a 1.78 ERA with a 0.71 WHIP through 25 and a thirds inning. It would be a little expensive, though, because he's under team control till 2023. But I think that would be a fantastic pickup for the Dodgers and would really, I mean, I think would be great for them and for the postseason. Yeah, obviously, all contenders can use extra bullpen help because you can never go wrong with something like that. But I think their bigger need is honestly starting pitching due to some of the uncertainties we're seeing whether uh, Trevor Barrow will return. Clayton Kershaw is dealing with an injury right now. He's not expected to return back in August. And after we saw this dominant rotation for a bulk of the season, there's sort of a little bit of question marks surrounding that. And I'm just curious, do you think Trevor Barrow is going to even return this year with all the Hmm. sexual misconduct allegations against him? He's currently on administrative leave right now. Ah, gosh. I don't think he will. I I think the MLB are just going to be like, well, just don't even, don't make it messy. Just yeah. clean slate. Let it, whatever is happening, happen. And then let's see what, let's start over at next season. That, yeah, that's why I think like a perfect, if they were going to add a starting pitcher, I think it would be a perfect opportunity to bring back Kenta Maeda, who has been on this Dodgers team, is currently yes. on the Twins, familiar with the team, familiar with the environment. And he's been in the postseason before, so why not give him another chance, another go around in Los Angeles? That's really good. But now back to baseball reference, all right? What what do you think the percentage chance of them winning the division is right now? I would say it's like... Forty percent. I don't know. I think that's way off. Pretty good. No, pretty good. Forty-four point three percent chance right now. 
The Giants have a 51.2% chance of winning the division. So pretty good guess. See, you're zoning in. You're zoning I am. In. Yeah, I, I was I was a little worried that I was going to be way out of out of the range, <laughs> but I guess I guess I, I am zoned in now. All so right. The second question. What do you think based off of baseball reference, 90% confidence they have is the best record that they are predicting they could have at the moment? I mean, I would. I mean, I would assume it would be somewhere over a hundred wins, like their their best record possible. Yeah, uh, ba- like on ninety percent confidence. I would say one hundred and five. Dead on. Really. Dead on. Second highest in the entire. I, I think MLB. I read somewhere that there's a lot of projections out there predict like the best, uh, like best case scenario that they finish like around that range. I think that's why I said that. Yeah, I think that the uh, Dodgers will end up as the wild card team, but will be the one the wild card team that will host the wild card game. Do you think they will win if they play the Padres in the wild card game with Clayton Kershaw versus Hugh Darvish on the mound? Most likely, who do you think wins that game? <sighs> I, I'm gonna go with the new kids on the block. Okay, because it's only one game. It's right. only and any team can win in a one game uh, s- series. So if it was like even even if it was best two out of three, I would have gone with the Dodgers. But since it's just one game, I'm I'm gonna go with the new kids on the block. Yeah, it's best best uh, scenario for the Dodgers to avoid that wild card game, so they don't have to you know get because the Padres are more than capable of that one game, and they they move on to the next round. But you ready to move on to number three? Yeah, let's see. Yeah, so number three team is the Chicago White Sox up one spot from my previous rankings. They're currently 58 and 37, first in the AL Central, leading by over nine games. They're first um, in the AL as well with a plus uh, 129 run differential, and they're eight and two in their last 10. Before I go on, I just want to say a little breaking news that uh, just came out as we're recording. German Mercedes, a guy we've talked about, often on this episode yes. has unfortunately retired from the game of baseball, which is so shocking to hear. He's what? He's, a rookie, he's a rookie. And obviously he got demoted uh, to triple a few weeks ago, but he has announced his retirement oh God, yeah. according to a source on my Twitter page. Not sure what the, um, he posted, he uh, posted on his Instagram saying with a black screen with just the text, it's over. And then a long paragraph. I can read it. First of all, I want to want to thank God for giving me life to giving me life to the fans that without them, I was nothing to my family for under. I was nothing to my family for understanding me and always supporting me. Daniel Schwartz for getting me ahead. I think this is a, rough translation through Instagram. That doesn't, that doesn't seem nothing that, no, I mean, just, I I think the person to blame is Tony Larusa. Like he's, he's the one that caused all this in the end of the day. And it's, it's a shame to see someone like this retire so young in his career. And he he showed so many promising things, but, uh, yeah, all the comments right now are, uh, are just bashing Russo. Oh, I'm sure he deserves it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That, but anyways, let's, let's get back to just wanted to get that little breaking news out of the way. But anyways, over the past uh, month, the white Sox are 15 and seven 
two and one versus teams over 500. The only team they played was their series win against the Astros. My guy, Tim Anderson has uh, been on fire boy. this past month, hitting 344 with three home runs and 11 RBIs. Unfortunately, he's not going to get the MVP next year, but next year will be his year. Oh, Another one wow. of my guys, uh, Lance Lynn has been dominant over his past 22 innings pitch, a 1.23 ERA firmly in position to take home the Cy Young Whoa, award along with his stop. teammate, Carlos Rodon, who's also in contention. Stop. He's not like in firm position to he's, take. He's in firm position with a, with a capital F. <laughs> <laughs> he is in no way f- in firm position. He's a contender. Who's, who's, in, who's in firm position right now to win it? Uh, Mr. Garrett Cole, the Cole train. He is. He absolutely is. He need, he needs the the sticky no, stuff. No, he does not. He, he you know, does. No, he doesn't. You have have you not been paying attention to his last few games? He I, threw I've, a complete game. Watching. He threw a complete game against the Astros. His numbers don't compare to Lance Lynn though. Right now, that's that's the difference. Uh, stop. They don't. Have you even checked it? Have you even have you checked it? I know Lance Lynn's number is. You don't know, Garrett, know. You don't even know Garrett Cole's. I know Lance Lynn leads the AL in ERA. So uh, ERA is overrated, and you know that. Okay, ERA is overrated. Go, do you want to base it off of uh, off of FIP or or uh, expected FIP or expected ERA? I could I could bring it, up it, all those stats for you right now. Fine. All right. Fine. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the White Sox. Yeah. All right? Yeah. Please. Last time that we talked about them, I was actually I'm pretty sure I was disappointed with the, with how they weren't playing at the level that they should be at because the Indians were actually kind of close to them in the divisional race, the divisional race. But that's kind of over now because I last time I checked, they were up eight and a half games on them uh, for looking to see what they could go and trade for. I think they could get another outfielder or a reliever. They should definitely try and be, I think they will be interested in Starling Marte in which they could, he could be the starting right fielder over uh Brian Goodwin, I don't, I don't know that. Or they could also go after uh, Richards from the Pirates. So I think that's bullpen help or get it going for an outfielder. Uh, Jet, you have your uh, stats to back up your. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So Garrett Cole, according to the the FIP metric, is ahead of Lance Lynn. Uh, Garrett Cole is at a two point two nine. And Lance Lynn is at a three. Oh my god, a three. Three point. Uh, oh my god, a three. Three point seven something. But oh my worry, gosh, Lance Lynn has proven what he can do. Garrett Cole is on a team that's really underperforming this year, and I think it's in the end of the day, it's going to go to Lance Lynn. Oh uh, so. no! But anyways, baseball reference time. All right, you ready? Uh, yeah. What are the odds right now that they make? The World Series. Make it two. Not win it. Make it two. Um, 10%. Wow. Underestimating them. Uh, they right now have the highest percentage to make it to the World Series. So win the AL with 23.8% chance. Yeah, well, that's just because I have another team in mind that I think is has a better chance. So that, that's mm. why. They, they've played like the Twins and the Tigers the whole year. So yeah, of course true. they're going to... Uh, what do you, what is that? What do you think their predicted record for them is? Um, 93 wins. Very close. 95 second highest in the AL. Who's the highest in the AL? We'll get to that. Oh, I think I know who it is. 
Okay. <laughs> but uh, I just want to go back to your, your trade deadline point. I think a um, another guy, um, Ian Kennedy, out of the bullpen, it would be, a, would be a solid name to add. Obviously, like I said, bullpen help is key. So they could add a couple of few guys to the back of the bullpen, a second baseman or an outfielder. They should be good to go. But I mean, we have to wait and see if they'll be able to compete with some of these playoff teams because they have struggled against teams over 500, 18 yes. and 25. They play in a weak AL Central. But are you are you concerned at all uh, due to this fact um, that they play a weak division? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, it is a little concerning because and they also are a very young team. They're not they're not experienced either. So I I don't think they're going to win the AL. I'd be very surprised if they did win the AL and made it to the World Series because they don't have any playoff experience and they're not good against teams above 500. So, yeah, I'm a little bit worried. All right. Ready for number four? Yeah, let's see who number four is. Coming in at number four, down three spots are the Houston Astros. Down three. Astros, yeah. Down three. Um, 58 and 38. First in the AL West, second in the AL, a plus 136 run differential, which is second in the MLB. Since my last power rankings, they are 11 and 10, 10 and 5 against teams over 500 with a big series win against the Athletics, although they did fall in a series against the White Sox. Oh, you've got about one team, too. I, I, I include teams that I exclude teams that aren't in the playoff consideration. So Ooh, I don't know yeah. about that. We're only three and a half yeah. back, so but OK, will not be in the playoffs this year. They just every year it seems like, but OK, hopefully next year, next year, they'll, they'll go get them and maybe maybe they'll have a change of fortune. But we're talking about the Astros the team that beat the Yankees uh, a few years back. Yuli uh, <laughs> uh, Gurriel is leading this team and hitting with 26 hits and seven RBIs. Lance McCullers Jr. is leading this team in ERA with a 2.55 ERA in his past 24.2 innings pitch. The, the trash can guys are in the power rankings once again. Oh, man. I mean, the athletics aren't that far back. They're, I think, last time I checked, three games back. And the Mariners, they're still in it. Surprising. I'm very impressed by the Mariners. I mean, they have an awful run differential, and yet they're still they still have a winning record for the trade deadline. I the Astros just need to go out and get pitching. Uh, they could go out and get another starting pitching, in which they, I think, a uh, t- person that sticks out to me is Pablo Lopez from the Mariners. Marlins. Sorry, Marlins. Come on, don't disrespect Pablo like that. <laughs> Sorry, completely messed that up. But how would you feel about seeing Lopez being traded to the Astros? I mean, if we can get like Jordan Alvarez back, (laughs) I would do it, but that's not going to happen. But I mean, it would have to be one of their top hitting prospects. What about Straw? What about Straw? No. (laughs) Uh, But uh, yeah, I mean, if if we're going to trade Pablo Lopez, like I said, I want someone like Jordan Alvarez. Or I'll give you like Sandy Alcantara if we can get someone like Jordan Alvarez. That's the only way I would do it. (laughs) All right. So baseball reference, what do you think the odds are at the moment that they win the World Series? Um, 17%. Little high, 14%. Second highest. Okay. Well, that that just plays right into my my bold prediction that the Astros will be, I don't know if it's bold, but they're going to be representing the AL in the World Series this Uh. year. I don't know about that. I, I think I just, so. I, I think. don't trust 
Zach Greinke. Zach Greinke never shows up in the playoffs. He never well, listen does. Listen to this. There, there are reports swirling out there that Justin Verlander will be able to make a return depending on how deep the Astros make it uh, into the playoffs. Obviously, he's coming back from Tommy John surgery. He had the surgery last September. We don't know what kind of Justin Verlander will be getting if he comes back, but do you think that would increase the Astros' chances all if he's able to return? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. No, he's taking a whole year off. I don't. No, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I, that doesn't really like up them in the in the chances for me. They would play based off of how it's going right now. Don't the Red Sox still have the fir- the best record? So they would play the White Sox. No, they, they, the White Sox have the best record in the AL. The Red Sox would be playing the Athletics in the the Astros. Yeah, the Astros. Yeah, yeah. Um. I would I would take the Red Sox in that. I would okay. take the because the Red Sox are getting Chris Sale back soon for sure though. They are, yeah. That is so, that's a big, big help. They 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 with their starting pitching and pitching overall, they I mean Boston and Houston have very similar potent offenses. It's just gonna come down to who's the who has the better pitching. Yeah, so you wanna get on to your final team? Yes, uh, a first timer on the list after you know some of the, some of similar teams over the past few rankings, but coming in at the number five spot are the Milwaukee Brewers, currently sitting at fifty six and forty one, first in the NL Central, third in the NL. They have a plus fifty six run differential, which is ninth in the MLB. Since my last power rankings, they are twelve and ten, five and five versus teams over five hundred. They swept the Reds this past week. And they went one and two against the Mets before the all-star break. Willie Adamas, who I mentioned before, has been probably the most. He might end up being the the best addition, despite what happens at the trade deadline. He's hitting 330 with seven home runs and 20 RBIs over the past month with Tampa Bay, who he was with before he was hitting under 200 and with Milwaukee's hitting over 300. So it's definitely been a turnaround for him. And another guy I want to mention Corbin Burns, if not for Jacob DeGrom, <laughs> Corbin Burns would be at the top of the NL Scion conversation. He's currently has a 0.99 ERA in his last 27 innings pitched. And the Brewers just have a dominant pitching rotation. Their third best team ERA in baseball at 3.39. So I think that this spot is well deserved for them. Yeah, they came out of nowhere and they're taking the league, the league by storm. I, along with Jet, think they are. I think I think they're a dark horse to go on an amazing run in the playoffs and pull off what the Nationals did back in 2019. Just come out of nowhere and you're like, what the hell? The Brewers? The Brewers? I mean, they have starting pitching galore and they have amazing bullpen. They I think they have a solid offense that is really good with situational hitting, which is needed in the playoffs. Like I said, in the trade topic, I think that they're gonna end up go, they're gonna end up. Go and go and get Trevor Story, and then we'll become more of a favorite to win the NL than the Giants. I think once they acquire Story, they will become the favorites to win the NL, which would be insane. Uh, this team, that trade would absolutely destroy any of the preseason expectations for the for this team. Uh, baseball reference, what do you think the odds are of them going to the World Series? At Probably the moment, like, even at the moment. It's probably like 
10% or even less than that, I would think. Right now, Baseball Reference has them at 17.6% chance, which is third highest in the NL at the moment. What do you think that they are guessing they will finish with a record of? Um, I'm going to say like 90 wins, 91 wins, something like that. 91 wins, seventh best in the MLB they're predicting. Yeah, I mean, like like we both said, like even if they don't add Trevor Story, if they add either one or two impact bats, I think any sort of improvement in this total offense is going to propel them. They have the pitching. They have the bullpen with Josh Hader and Devin Williams, and they have the rotation with a top three guys who – we're all all-stars this year, so we'll have to see what, what happens going forward. But obviously, they would be slated to play the Mets right now in the best of five series, and I think we both agree that the Brewers would have won that series. Absolutely. I I thoroughly enjoyed doing this. I love talking about the Bucks. Then we got to talk about the trade deadline that's coming up, and then your top five teams. This was episode 12? 12 episodes. We, we've made it. 12 episodes. Plenty more to come. Plenty more to come. And soon they're going to be coming in person within probably the month, I would have to say. Yeah, I'm going to have to make the drive up to Eric's apartment uh, for every episode to record. He doesn't really want to make the trip down to me, which is understandable, I guess, (laughs) but I'll... I'll, I'll do it. It's it's not an issue. Anything to get these episodes out to you guys. Absolutely. Whatever it takes. We greatly appreciate everyone that's been listening. Uh, Jet, you want to give out the socials? Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram at it's game time underscore podcast and Twitter game time underscore it's stay tuned for updates on our fantasy football league. We're going to have some great content pertaining to that. Eric's going to be releasing his IGTV series uh, next week, but uh, catch up on all the other episodes. If you've not already a lot of great stuff in all of our episodes and more to come. So stay tuned. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We we hope you have a wonderful week ahead of you, and we'll see you all next week. Peace out.